The Ryan and Russ show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a new home in North, Central, West Virginia, then visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes, building you a house you are proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Russ show. And don't take our word for it. Take Coach Neelands. Hi, this is Coach Don Neeland, and you're watching the Ryan and Russ show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you back to the Ryan and Russ show, your source for West Virginia sports. It is uh, less than 48 hours till kickoff at Mountaineer Field. Senior day for the Mountaineers. Kickoff at 2 o'clock Eastern. And we're going behind enemy lines with the a former uh, rival in the Big East days. New addition to the Big 12, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And we welcome on to the Ryan and Russ show, Darren Russell from the Go Bearcats. Darren, welcome to the show. And most importantly, welcome to the Big 12. Hey, thanks for having us. We're just uh, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Hey, we're, we're we're glad to have somebody within five hours. So when they said Cincinnati was a part of the league, I said, "Where to sign me up?" Finally, a a uh, we obviously you guys are coming to us, but in the future when we go to you guys, it'll actually be a trip that our fans can drive to rather than have to fly to all these places. Yeah, we're getting the getting the band back together. At least part of it. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we now we can get like pit in those schools, and then we can have our <laughs> own little pod, the old Big East and the Big Twelve. But uh, Darren, let's get right into it. Let's talk about your guys' program in year number one in the Big Twelve. Just, just the pulse of Bearcat Nation. How you guys feeling? I, I know you've you've kind of taken it on the chin a little bit in the transition year, which kind of every team has taken it on the chin from uh, the four newcomers, and we did as well back in 2012. But how does the fan base feel being a part of the Big Twelve? Um, you know, like I said, I think everybody's really excited to be here. Um, obviously that, uh, that new car smell can only carry you so far, uh, especially in a season like this. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been rough. Uh, (laughs) you know, you're going from a program that was, uh, that's just recently removed from a uh, birth in the college football playoff, um, having their probably all time best coach. Um, and now you're staring at a, you know, bowl of season. Uh, just got your third win towards the back end of the season. So it's it's been hard. Yeah, I, it, it certainly has. And like you said, I mean, you guys were in the college football playoff in 2021, and arguably that wasn't even your best team, I thought. I thought the team before that, the team that lost to Georgia, was pretty damn good too. So you guys have had some teams. Luke Fickle obviously went to Wisconsin. So that gets me into Scott Satterfield coming over from Louisville. You're, now you're doing the Emory Jones experiment. He started his career at Florida, then to Arizona State, now finishing at Cincinnati. Why has it – I don't know. Why is it not meshed in your number one with Satterfield, who's an offensive guy, and Emory Jones, who's a talent, but it seems like you just can't put it all together? Yeah, um, I think there's a, there's a lot of factors, really. Um, obviously, you got new conference, transition, a lot of guys lost to the portal. Uh, new coach who's trying to build his own culture as well. Um, you got high expectations for a fan base, and that's fine in itself having a raised standard, but you also have to realize where you're at um, in that same breath. Um, and then you also have a quarterback who's just bounced around, um, and at a certain point, that's going to weigh on them mentally. Uh, and you're not, you may not fire out the gate the way you used to. Um, Emory Jones is obviously going to catch a lot of slack just because he's the quarterback. He's going to be the second person to to get a lot of that outside the coach, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
But if you actually kind of take a look at the uh, the numbers, uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, yeah. not as uh, inefficient as uh, as you know people would think. Um, we're actually even on pace to have, I think, Emory Jones's second best year um, uh, right after his Florida start. Um, it's just not translated into wins and in the score column. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and we you look at their box scores, like you said, it feels like they win the stats every week. They got double the yard. Like, for example, the Oklahoma State game, they were even in yards and they lose by 30. And it's just whether it's turnovers in the red zone, the Oklahoma game, the Big 12 opener was the prime example where you guys had like five or six trips to the red zone and I think walked away with three points. It, it was one of the more wild things. What do you think the main reason for the red zone struggles are just – bad luck or just bad play calling or just timely inefficient plays, I guess. Uh, also a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm obviously not going to go too far into the luck column. I'm a firm believer in you got to be better than your luck and better than the referees and your mistakes to be a great yeah. team. Um, but it's just things don't seem to, they haven't up until recently, they weren't lining up, you know, whether it's a, a good play call, but then the guys don't execute or uh, the left tackle misses a block and the quarterback gets blown up or the quarterback has enough time to throw, you know, and overthrows a guy or he doesn't overthrow a guy, but then maybe the receiver isn't expecting to get the ball and just drops it, uh, pops off his hands, intercept, you know, whatever. Um, it's, th- it's just, you know, discipline really and execution uh, at the end of the day. Uh, and that falls back on the coach a little bit. Um and sometimes maybe it just takes a little bit longer than expected to get that rolling. Um, but again, it, it's just untimely, uh, you know, mistakes, uh, weird discipline issues, penalties, um, and then a little bit out of luck. I mean, we had a, 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 a touchdown given up against Baylor where the guy, you know, tries to return it, um, yeah. falls through his hands. He picks up, starts running, doesn't probably quite have it secured. You know, carrying out to the side, gets popped up, lands right in the Baylor, you know, uh, uh, defender's hands, and he runs into a touchdown. You know, <laughs> so uh, it, it, just a lot of weird things like that too. Um, but again, that you, that kind of falls back on the discipline and execution. You have to make sure you make the best out of situations like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you, uh, Darren. Let me ask you this: from whenever I watch you guys, I've been impressed with your defensive line. Would you say that that's still the strength of the team? I know that that had the most returning production. The offense basically was a whole new unit, but the defensive side was kind of what you guys have hung your hat on um, over the last couple of years with all those guys that went to the NFL um, from that playoff team and that team that lost to Georgia too. Uh, is, is the defensive line, in your opinion, still the strength of this football team and program? Yeah, uh, I think they, they're, they're still the strength. Um, maybe not as strong as uh... – as we we assumed, uh, they tend to have a problem uh, going downhill a little too much, uh, which causes them to you know either open up gaps for their quarterback to escape if they can, um, or they just don't get there in time. Um, trying to work back around, um, I'd say a close second is just the rushing offense. Um, and again, you know the results weren't really stacking up the the productivity that we were having. Um, but even before we start scoring. Uh, you know, we were, we're we're the top five rushing attack in the country still, despite all that. Um, uh, so, 
you know, once that gets going, uh, you, you, you've kind of seen the vision that Satterfield wanted to establish on his offense, run first stretch plays, um, and then opening up the passing after that. Yeah, I, it, you mentioned it. You could see it. Well, they, they've had 500-yard, 600-yard stays on, on the offensive side. It's just even the Miami of Ohio game where they kind of spiraled this seven-game losing streak it doubled them up in yards, and they just couldn't punch it in in the red zone. It's really, it's really been crazy to watch just from the outside looking in because we do a Big Twelve show as well over on the College Experience, and I've been saying like the Cincinnati team's way better than the record. I know it says zero and six in the Big Twelve, but this is not an zero and six team, and I and I felt that way, and it was good to see you guys finally get a win. Um, Going into this matchup, so you're off the losing streak. You get a big win over our former coach, Dana Holgerson, over at Houston. What is the biggest concern from how Cincinnati wants to match up with West Virginia on Saturday, in your opinion? Um, I think it's always going to be our, our, our secondary on the outside, uh, specifically uh, our cornerbacks. Uh, we started two freshmen last week. And that's that's no discredit to them. Um, they played phenomenal for being asked to be in that situation. Um, and even one of the starters, Jordan Young, is only a sophomore. Um, you know, but with as weird and the, as weird as the season's been, how many results we haven't gotten? You know, they start looking elsewhere uh, for uh, people to step up and make plays. And so they went to the well and they you know looked at some of the younger talent. Um, obviously, that's our first win. Uh, our first win in a long time um and sort of at the start of that experiment you wonder if they can keep it up consistently and keep up uh that performance they had against houston against west virginia otherwise they might get shredded and you know be in for a long day i got you and i mean the the number is short i mean i think it was four last time Mm -hmm. i saw it the spread so kind of showed you that vegas really doesn't see these two teams that differently matched up um, real quick before we ask for your predictions and let you go, I know you're a busy man. Uh, from Cincinnati, I know we kind of talked about it. The old Big East days, you guys went to the American. You guys kind of got forgotten about. You you got left it left behind with with all this expansion nonsense, but that's driven by the TV execs. Unfortunately, that you lose these rivalries that we haven't seen West Virginia Cincinnati in years. We don't see the backyard brawl. For, for, for 10 years and finally got it back this year. And everybody's like, oh, we need to play this every single year. It's like, yeah, no kidding. I mean, we were saying this 10 years ago. We like regional rivalries. We like these old rivalries. And that's why that's what college football is all about. Going into the Big 12 now, where from a Cincinnati standpoint, you guys are excited to be here. You paid your dues. Now you're at the Power 5 level. Who do you want to see added to this league? Do, do you, I mean, from a Cincinnati standpoint, do you want some more regional schools like a pit? To uh to I guess get in the general area of West Virginia and Cincinnati, yeah I think uh, Louisville would be a good ad for us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was really some fire in that Fenway Bowl. Obviously, both depleted rosters. A uh, coach for <laughs> for two teams at that point. Uh, um, but they seemed more into it. Pitt, you know, when when uh we got around to playing the game, they didn't seem like they felt that strongly about it. We clearly did because, you know, we had some great memories tied to that, that, uh, you know, that game for the biggest championship um, back in 09. Uh, but, you know, it, it would be interesting to see, kind of see uh, an absorption of uh, some of the, uh, 
the old Big East buddies get back. Um, yeah. I, you really don't know what's going to happen with the ACC, um, you know, how that's going to bounce. Uh, you know, does Clemson and Florida State, North Carolina go to like the Big Ten? Well, North Carolina specifically the Big Ten, um, and the other two to the SEC, uh, or has that quieted down and they're just going to play the cards as they're dealt? You really don't know. Um, but Louisville first and foremost in that in that case. Um, I don't know how good college football is going to look. We're we're playing a super, you know, sixteen conferences and being the Big Sixteen or you know Big Twenty at some point, Big Twenty Five, however it expands. Um, but you know, that'd be my first pick there. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I Cincinnati and Arizona State doesn't really move the needle. Like it, it's not not a lot of history there. But it is what it is, man. Hopefully, we get some new rivalries with these new four newcomers, the four corner schools from the Pac-12, and hopefully, we get some ACC. So, so we can get some more regional. I love Pitt. I mean, we love we love beating Pitt here at West Virginia. So we were big Bearcat fans when you guys got it done earlier in the year. Uh, Derek, before we let you go, final thoughts on the matchup on Saturday at two o'clock. And your final game prediction, your final score. You think the Bearcats come into Morgantown win, or do you think the Mountaineers get their seventh win of the year? Um, just because we haven't seen the winning consistently enough, I I, I don't know. Um, you know, I would probably say something like 24, uh, 24 21, maybe 27, 24. Um, these teams are very similar um in how they approach their offenses. Um it's going to be a very quick game. You know, we're, I mean, I mentioned we were number five. You guys are sitting there right there at uh number seven. So uh, this, I, I would expect this game to kind of tick down really fast and it might even come down who has the ball last. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree uh, with that. My hopeful prediction, you know, we're on the better side at 20, you know, 27, 24. Uh, but I don't know if we were able to sneak it out at this point, but then again, cornered school, you know, we don't have much to play for. You never know what happens. It is a good point. I mean, you see so many teams play spoiler this time of year. So, uh, West last year, last week was a dream crusher for West Virginia, who was still in the uh, Big Twelve title chase, but unfortunately got drilled in Norman. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's Senior Day. It's going to be a good one. Glad to have the Bearcats back in the Big Twelve, and glad to have you on the show, Darren. And we we'll definitely got to get you back because hoop season is is in full swing. I know you guys are uh, you guys are excited to be in the Big Twelve for hoops. I mean, we got. Uh, we got so many ties, obviously, hugs and, I mean, just all the games, the history of West Virginia Cincinnati. So, Darren, appreciate it. Everybody, go check out Darren Russell's work over at the Go Bearcats uh, podcast. Doing great work over there following uh, the Bearcats. So, get over there, check out their great work. And, Darren, look forward to having you back on the Ryan and Russ show in the future, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. See you, Darren. See ya. Darren Russell from the Go Beer Cats, great show. I checked it out uh, earlier this week when we were we were diving into who we were going to have on the show to represent the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, doing great work and glad glad to have the Bearcats. And I know Mountaineer Nation is glad too because it's actually a drivable game. It's not a, you got to get in a Southwest flight to get over to Kansas or Oklahoma or Texas. So. Uh, but, yeah, enough talking about travel. The game's in Morgantown. It's actually a 230 kick. I was mistaken here. Uh, and the line has actually skyrocketed to six and a half. So I, I think I think the line is right. I think this is going to be a tight game. The 
Cincinnati is better than their three and seven record. They finally got back in the win column. So my keys to victory, we do this every single show uh, on the Thursday before the football game. And it's going to get back to this bread and butter of this football team. And we fell behind and it's hard to say we got to establish a run, stay stick to the run when you're down 17, 21 points, but we can't go through a game like we went through against Oklahoma where we only had 40 carries for, for less than 200 yards. We know the stats of Neil Brown when this team is able to rush for over 200 yards. I like 40 plus carries. It's going to be cold on Saturday. It's that time of year where teams are wearing down in the trenches. So I think this offensive line, it's going to be emotional. You got multiple seniors on senior day and it's going to be their final, final day, uh, especially for those big offensive linemen up front wearing the golden blue. So I, I, I anticipate that they're going to ride that offensive line, feed Donaldson, feed Jaheim white and, and Garrett green. I think they get him involved. Uh, so establish the uh, line of scrimmage because on both sides, Cincinnati wants to run the ball. Uh, Darren talked about it there. They statistically, are just as good as us almost at running the football. They just have those red zone issues, and they started finally have started to figure things out over the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, this game's going to come down to the trenches. Whoever is able to rush for four, four and a half, five yards of carry is going to win this game because both teams want to run the football. And both teams have running quarterbacks in Emory Jones and Garrett Green. So whoever wins the line of scrimmage is going to win this game. I know I say that every single week, but it's been the case every single week because Oklahoma was the team that controlled the line of scrimmage. They ran for 250 yards uh, on the ground, over six yards of carry. UCF and BYU, we know the stats. 50 carries uh, fifty carries in each game, over 300 yards on the rushing attack. So that's the formula. That's been the formula in every single win for the Mountaineers, uh, whether it's BYU, uh, whether it's uh, UCF, or it was Pitt, Texas Tech, TCU. It's been ground and pound and basically choke your opponent out in the fourth quarter and wear them down. Emory Jones, key victory number two. Emory Jones is going to throw you the ball. Emory Jones has plenty of turnovers on the year. Um, pulling up his stats right now, Emory Jones has 10 interceptions, which is right up at the top of the Big 12, only 15 touchdowns. He's going to make mistakes. You get some pressure on him, kind of like some of the other quarterbacks that we faced in the past. Uh, the, the young kid from BYU uh, that, that, that got a spot start. Uh, Plumley throws the ball. Uh, obviously, Djokovic at uh, Pitt throws the ball. Pressure is going to be there. Well, I, I think we'll get home against Cincinnati. When he throws us the ball, we got to catch it, just like we didn't do against Oklahoma. Beanie Bishop had another drop. Penn State, we had multiple drops. And our losses, we have not capitalized off the turnovers. We got to capitalize off the turnovers. And my final key, and this is kind of not not X's and O's. This is more emotional. Is it, this has been a this has been a crap week? I mean, we can we can all call it like it is. It's been a disappointing week. You have a shot to get to get to Dallas, and you kind of lay an egg in a bit in a big spot. But it doesn't take away that you're six and four. You've they've had a good year. This has been a solid year, considering what the expectations were. If I told everybody we'd be six and four with two to go and have a chance to win our last two and get to eight and four and get to a solid bowl game, I think everybody would have taken it. And I, I mean, I guess if you wanted more than that, you, you you were a little unrealistic with what was coming back. So I, I think this has been a season to build upon. This has been kind of the year that we've been waiting for. I, it's disappointing that it's taking till year five to get this year, but this has been a solid season, and it's important that they finish strong. 
because they finished strong over the last couple of years under Neil Brown. They won two out of their last three last year against the Oklahoma schools. His first year, they were terrible, and they won two out of their last three. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had to win three out of their last four to get bowl eligible, beat Kansas in the finale. We need to win these last two, get to eight and four, get to a good bowl game, and build off of that to have a really, really good year next year. And it starts on Saturday. Senior day, a lot of seniors walking out, especially that great offensive line. Last time wearing the gold and blue, leave it all out there, man. And, and let's let's take it to Cincinnati and get win number seven and sing country roads one last time at Milan Pushcar Stadium. So I got the Mountaineers winning. I I, I think we're we're gonna pull away late. I th- I agree with Russell that it'll be a one possession game, an old Big East matchup for a little bit. But I kind of agree with Browns and Beers in the chat. Twenty eight seventeen, W Earl says forty one seventeen. I think somewhere in that ballpark, I'll go. Mountaineers blow it open in the fourth quarter. I'll go right in between you two guys. 34-17, the Mountaineers blow it open with some big chunk plays in the fourth quarter. And we'll be seeing country roads for win number seven, and then we head to Waco next week. So let's go Mountaineers back on Monday to recap the action. Also, we're looking ahead to SMU for in the Fort Myers tip-off for college basketball. Great time of year, man. College basketball, college football, Thanksgiving. And anybody traveling this weekend to get get ahead to where you're headed for Thanksgiving safe travels and have a great weekend and let's go Mountaineers and I'll see you guys on Monday.